Hello, everybody. In this podcast, we are going to talk about making decisions. We are going to hit on the before, the during, and the after of the whole decision-making process because it is not just a one-time thing uh, or one moment. It is uh, can last days, months, hopefully not years, but even years sometimes. Uh, I think it's going to be a good one. Enjoy. another week of Sons of Thunder. We have Jacob here. And this is Sean. Rolling in third. Last but not least, you got John. And you might notice something different about our voices. Uh, suave. Suave. The, the, the smooth sound. We have Mike's Shea Butter. This week. This is our Mike debut. Yeah, this is amazing. This is. Finally. We were thinking of doing... <laughs> We've been doing some lightning rounds now the past few podcasts. and Well, we are the Sons of Thunder. We, the lightning is in our name. The oh lightning is in our veins. Zap. Veins. <laughs> <laughs> we are still playing with We love mics. the sound of our voice. You've got to get used to this now. <laughs> we, need, uh, we need to hear a cast on humility. <laughs> we, we, we haven't finished it yet. That's humility. <laughs> That's our problem. Yes. Two-thirds of the way through. I like that, yeah. That's a good level. Uh-huh. Yeah. But we were thinking of doing a lightning round for each other. That way you guys can get to know us a yes. little bit better. Um, the rules are, if you ask a question, both people have to answer it. There's three of us here, by the way. We just introduced mm-hmm. ourselves. No more schlag. No more schlag. We'll, we'll try to get him back. He's a busy man. He's probably yes. praying for us. Yes. Right now. Oh, he definitely is. <laughs> yeah. But, um, Johnny, I know you are dying to ask Sean and I some questions. So why don't you start Hmm. All right. Best drink you've ever had. Place and time. Oh. You know, the blue moon at Sean's wedding was... (laughs) Dude, oh, the pictures pictures are in. Oh, And Mitchkey is, like, in so many of them. (laughs) He's just, like, you got, like, the fist up in the air. Oh, my goodness. He's, like, there's one picture of Mitchkey just owning the dance floor. (laughs) I think that's the definition of silly. Yeah, Yeah. he was... He got for. I had so much fun. It was such a it good was time. a good time, and, the, and John was gooning too. Yeah, yeah. I I think that was a good night for me. Just yeah, really filling up my shirt with wine as you know a thankful <laughs> situation with Jake. I don't know if we've said that yet, have we? No, no. I was enjoying myself in a conversation. This man, this bearded man, comes up to me and says, "Give me your drink," and I say, "Oh, uh, what is your name? Should I do this, random stranger?" <laughs> Takes it and then throws it back at me, and this entire cup of wine this spills is an on exaggeration. my white shirt. My pristine eggshell white shirt. Oh my goodness! Sullied. You could write a great fiction novel, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of. I did. think it would something like, "Here, try this wine," and I tried to sip, and then upon the exchange. There was a little fumble. Vibration from the speakers, the music (laughs) shook the glass. Sean's uh, amazing dance. Did you choose the music? The at least like the the DJ. Yeah. Oh no, not really. We just told him. We told him what we liked. He had some pretty pH fresh stuff. Yeah. He was good. No, he was super good. He like plays in like clubs in Minneapolis and stuff like that, and he. Yeah, he brought a lot of like throwbacks. Oh, yeah. Like when Low came on, yeah, oh, that was so fun. But everyone, everyone loved the DJ. Yeah, it was, yeah. It was a great time. It was super fun. It was like 
you know, athletes, sports, professional people will talk about being in the zone. Mm-hmm. I was in the zone. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I was zoned. Just dancing, letting go, mm-hmm. being just me. Just so me good. Me and you. Okay, yeah. well, we sucked that lightning around. <laughs> yeah, that turned into... Favorite drink, go. Blue Moon. Okay. Uh, Sean? I... I don't know. My favorite beer that I've had is the the Castle Danger Cream Ale. Oh, yes. yes. Like, yes. the first time I had that, I just remember tasting it. I think I was up in Duluth, so it makes it better. I'll just say that I was. <laughs> the first time I had it, I was just like, what is this? Like, it was just so good. Nectar of the gods. I, I really like cream ales there. Okay. They're I think that good. question can be twofold in the sense that, like, it's, a lot of it has to do with location, like where you it had really does, it, yeah. like the situation. Like okay, Mr. Psychology. <laughs> Psychology you know, one I've one. had a few very good natty ices, but I wouldn't say that's... <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Gosh. We could edit that part out. That was... <laughs> no. That's, that's not... In. No, no. You were outvoted. But, okay, so how about non-alcoholic drink? What, what was like your go-to in high school? Shirley Temple with extra grenadine. Okay. I wow. like that. Okay. That's a good five-year-old drink. I like the virgin pina colada. Oh, yes. When I was on a cruise ship, shout out Mitch Gooley, because he and I have been going back and forth at each other at Venmo with all these jibs and jabs about, uh, you know, who's got to pay who. And actually, his dad, Jim, (laughs) his dad, Jim, when we were on the cruise ship, you know, they had like these big looping vessels that you can go down and oh, like, yeah. slides and stuff. Mm-hmm. He didn't fit through one of them, and they no. had to like open it up underneath them. <laughs> He's not <laughs> a fat guy. Like Jim is a normal-sized human. I Shout guess he just didn't Jim. have any momentum, but just got stuck in the tube. <laughs> what? <laughs> wow. That's so sad. <laughs> no, it was funny. He's like, geez, put on too many pounds. Jim's a good guy, yeah. The ghoulies all around. Lightning round. we got to go back to it. Okay, yeah, this has to all be right. quick. One, one word answers. You have two hours on a Sunday. What movie are you watching? Lord of the Rings. Oh, I, I watch Shawshank Redemption. Oh, Shawshank. Is Just because it's like Sunday, you know, it's like, Granted, that's a good Sunday escape. movie. Neither of you would be able to finish that movie. That's why I said you have oh. two hours. Yeah, that's actually what happened <laughs> last Sunday. I'm like, I'd watch the end of Shawshank. <laughs> <laughs> Just the middle part Just where it's really part. depressing. Yeah. Morgan Freeman that part. That whole movie's depressed. It's good. It's sad, though. Uh-huh. Super stoic. It's like Life is Beautiful. Have you guys seen yeah. that one? Yeah. No. Pre- oh, I love that movie. Yeah. yeah. Okay, good. lightning round. Favorite movie. Go. Oh, jeez. Oh, I have just um, watched an amazing movie. It's called Adrift. Um, it's on the... If, for you St. Thomas people, it's on Swank. It's the free St. Thomas stream. But if you don't have it, look it up. Adrift. It's, it's about a, a man and woman that get... Um, Stranded on a sailboat in the middle of the Pacific. Kind of a life of pie sitch. It's kind of like that, but it's more. It's. I'm getting chills thinking about it because Uh it's more. It's such a beautiful film, and it's like the movie ended, and I was like laughing, and I was just like, (laughs) "What just happened?" And it's. I won't give anything away, but it's an amazing movie. Okay. Um, First one that comes to my head: Dark Knight. Yeah. Yeah. So good. Mm -hmm. Can you do his voice? Where's Rachel? Oh, my. <laughs> Levels. Where are they? <laughs> You're busting it. <laughs> can you do, can anyone do the Bane? 
Master Will. <laughs> We're going to have to I edit it. We love these mics so much. Oh, I know. It's so fun. You were born in the darkness. No, well, just butchering it. We will we will continue the lightning rounds in further weeks. Though. Yeah, yes. that was. it's a good right. warm-up banter. It's kind of like a stretch before mm-hmm. the real banter. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So how was everyone's week? Uh, pretty darn quick. Yeah. Wow. I feel like every time we do this... I just, yeah, I don't even, like, reflect during the week. What week happened? Yeah. yeah. (laughs) I'm like, I just feel like we were just in the room with Schlag (laughs) the other day. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, it's literally almost fall is over. I know. So sad. They're changing those leaves. It's beautiful. Mm -hmm. I want to go up north right now. Yes. Yeah, planning on it. I'm going to go to Pachman Terrace, the personal retreat center, in two weeks. Just have a little John retreat. That's so good. Yeah. Mm. But Sounds I'm loving it right now. This week for me has been good. I went to a concert Friday. Bluegrass music it was so cool. There are all these like super hippies just floating around and dancing. <laughs> and I was just, yeah, okay. <laughs> That's so fun. Uh, Saturday, we went to Gastov's. Yeah. That's one of my favorite places. Ever. Yeah. It is a good time. Did you guys get a boot? No we boots. Uh, we got a leader. We oh. erred on the side of caution this time. Yes. <laughs> the boots are fun. So for those of you who've never drank in the word a boot before, but think of, I think it's three and a half or four liters of beer. It's three liters, yeah. It's three. Three and a half. Three and a half. Yeah. Typically, the, toe is the German beer. beers are like <laughs> eight or nine percent alcohol. And actually, last podcast, Schlag was warning us. I think he was a prophet. He said, well, you must... Must be aware of the quantity. <laughs> yes. Oh, man. So nothing weird happened this time. No boots were ordered. Yes. We went to Oktoberfest at this place called Gastoff Zahn Bruckenstein. It's some <laughs> yeah. crazy. Some German. Yeah. Yeah. It's an amazing place. Yeah, so amazing. That was a good time. Yeah. What did and I the do dance floor was so packed that they had to close it off for a while. Wouldn't let anyone in. It was. Oh, my like, goodness. Yeah. <laughs> I, I've never so seen fun. that. No. That's so cool. The bouncers were just holding us hostage at the door, like, don't move. (laughs) (laughs) Last Friday, I went to Han. um, Solo? No, Han, H-O-N-N-E. He's he's an artist. Shout out to Eric Brombach. He loves Han. And I think he introduced me to Han, which is so sad that I couldn't go with him. But I went with Delexi, and it's just a small little venue, like, like, I don't, I don't get it, but like he has such an Asian following, mm. so it was it just, it was like perfect for me because I'm so Asian tall, name. so <laughs> you can see I just see over everyone. But it was, Did you put it was, Alexi on your shoulders. Oh yeah, you gotta throw her on the shoulders. But it was fun. It was super fun. Just a yeah. small. There were probably like 200 people there, wow. so it was, it was really fun. Was this by the Cedar? It was, know. it was up, it was in North, It was like um, Fine Line Music Cafe. So okay, really sketchy. It was like a club that yeah. they turned into a. Concert hall. Concerts though, the I ones know. like in the intimate setting. Uh-huh. It is. You could replace the word intimate with grungy, as well. Yeah, that's 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 a flavor though. Oh, John, John and I go into that one concert. Oh my gosh! Yeah, oh, that was. Scary. We pull off of what is the road? Um, Cedar. Yeah, Cedar and Riverside. Riverside. Oh, We're shit. just right next to those. Um, those Riverside buildings. Buildings that just with have the, the colored walls. Very high capita murder rate. But it was okay. Sean, again, being a tall man, poses an intimidating presence. Yeah, <laughs> yeah people don't want to talk to him. Who that. was it who performed? His name's Rand. Uh, he was our friend of our friend, Brennan. Mm-hmm. Pretty talented musician. He came up oh, from Nashville. Talented, yeah. There were like 
maybe eight people in this pub that he oh, was, was that playing like in? two weeks ago? Three. Mm-hmm. Three. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. That's sweet. He was the opener for the opener. So yeah. yeah. Oh, it was okay. it was cool though. He was I mean yeah. he was super emotional in his music, which mm-hmm. was very good. Yeah. And this is a pretty sketchy part of town. I mean, at least in my opinion, because UST's not and then we turn but around, we hear this man's voice and it's just Joe Massick. Yeah. <laughs> Joe Massick was <laughs> behind us. <laughs> so funny. <sighs> but that was fun. This week though, Jake. You. This week. Yeah, Jake. Oh jeez, it went by so fast. Um, I honestly wouldn't say anything like crazy happened, but I got a story. I'm okay. Share really quick. Yeah, share it. Because we're on these mics and it, like listening to myself right now and us, it sounds like we're on the radio. And I um, I made my radio debut when I was about nine years old. Oh um, man, you're like <laughs> Dwight. I was the first Pan Am pilot. <laughs> <laughs> under 10 years old <laughs> and uh so we're driving the twins game and we're listening to like the twins pregame and they're doing like call-ins and you can do your predictions and <laughs> so my dad's like jake want to call in and i'm like sure you know i don't really know what i'm doing and so we call up the radio and i get a hold of someone and they're like yeah yeah okay like they heard it was a kid so like we'll put you on <laughs> so anyways i get on the radio and it's like the the pick pick a player or something, and you pick like a player who you think will be player of the game, and they go, "So Jake, um, who do you think will be the player of the game?" I go, "Michael Kadire will be the player of the game, <laughs> and he will hit two home runs, and one will be a walk off home run." Did you have a beard back then? <laughs> <laughs> I was starting to sprout a mustache. Oh gosh! <laughs> <laughs> but but the the guy goes, "Well, Jake, we're sorry, but uh, Michael Kadire will not be playing tonight." I go. Oh, well, then uh, Joe Bauer. And then I hung up because I, like, panicked. Screw <laughs> <laughs> you guys. <laughs> but That's that so was, good. That was my, my time on the radio. That's so funny. Wow. Okay. Famous. Great. Jake is famous. Thank you for sharing. <laughs> You're welcome. Was it, like, the... Oh, there was this guy on the radio. He was crazy. He'd be on from, like, 8 p.m. to 3 in the morning. His last name was Mishki. Yeah, Tommy Mishki. Tom Mishki. Mm-hmm. He was my dad would be coming back from a late hockey game. He'd be like, "You ready for this?" And he would just turn <laughs> on this guy. He would like warn you. About yeah, because he was just so off the wall <laughs> and eccentric. <laughs> He'd like yell into the microphone. Yeah, I don't, he was pretty traumatic. He probably I've just liked the sound it. of his voice. Yeah, yeah. So he's a <laughs> Mishki. What can you he's say? He's a Mishki. <laughs> we are related. I've never wow. met him, nor have I listened no to a way. second of him on the radio, to be honest. So, is he still on the radio? I believe. I don't know. So. Yeah. I have guys no like idea. that have to die of heart disease. <laughs> Could you just tell that he was kind of big or what? No, he's, he's <laughs> the Mishki family. <laughs> Come on, they got no. big hearts. Shout big out Mishki family. Okay. <laughs> Well, well yeah, yeah. speaking of heart disease, we went to this place today called Genghis Grill. Oh, yeah. What? Yeah, it was. It's in Egan. We should go sometime. It's amazing, dude. What? Yeah, we were feeling a little Thai for lunch. Oh, it's Thai food. And we were feeling Thai, but then our friend Jordan's like, "Hey, I'm pretty big. I think I need more food." And so we dragged Jordan on Day, Jordan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jordan. Yeah, yes. I'm not gonna give him a shout out. He doesn't deserve it. Two twenty-five of him. He doesn't deserve it yet. But we go, <laughs> and it's basically to make your own. Food, so you're, we're putting in just pounds of chicken, and it's kind of like a hibachi. They grill it up for you, but it came out to be at least 3,500 calories. It was a bowl. I'm making a shape with my hands the size of um, a football, a half nice, football, a nice corgi. Yeah, it's oh nice. At least a corgi, maybe a shih tzu. All meat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and oh, yeah. 
we ate it really quickly. Our friend Nick Ackerman finished it out of pride. He had a medium, though. Yeah. Asterisk. Still an accomplishment. Asterisk. <laughs> wow. But I get back to my dorm uh, saying, yeah, okay, just a 20-minute nap. I got to fire off a paper after this, do this little slingshot action, take some coffee, hit the hay, wake up refreshed. It was one of those moments where I just popped up and had no clue where or when oh. anything was. You know, like in, in like sixth grade, this <laughs> happened to me all the time. I'd come home from school and just have a nap, wake up at 640, be like, is it AM or PM? <laughs> just get ready for school, go out down, it's dinner time. You know, like the total disorientation. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. I know what you're saying. It was, it was just that today. I'm still feeling the effects of it. I had to take two or three espresso shots just oh to get back goodness. to like homeostasis. <laughs> wow. that's, a, that's a good case of the I was coma. the opposite. So I go no. back and I try to take a nap. And it's one of those like you drift to sleep and then you wake up and you look at your phone. And it's been 10 minutes. Yeah, and you do that revenge, for like an man. hour and a half. Mm-hmm. So, I <laughs> love that. That's like my favorite. Really? Oh yeah. Waking up every ten minutes? No, no, no. I love when <laughs> I love when. What I like about na- like power naps is when you j- just fall asleep and then your alarm goes off. Yeah. I just love when what? my alarm goes off and I'm asleep and I'm just like, yes, I was asleep. You oh, know, I yeah, get yeah, so yeah. excited. Yeah. My boss, uh, Tim Slattery, would sleep. This is like a midday nap. He wouldn't go do his bed. He'd sleep on the living room floor. Just so you don't get comfortable enough to fall asleep, you know? So it's Ooh. a rest time. And I'm like, oh, okay, that's a pretty good idea. Yeah. I okay. might Sounded incorporate like that. Father Becker a little bit right there. Oh, he's a clown. <laughs> we, <laughs> we've been bantering for 17 minutes. I love what? it, What, 17 yeah. minutes? People are going to have to listen. But there was a, this thing called Tommy Catholic at St. Thomas. And this last one, they were, you know, promoting Eastern rites of the Catholic Church because there are 21 other ones or 22. Uh-huh. Things like the Malachite or... Wow. Byzantine. Uh, they had a core bishop, which I think is a Maronite version of a bishop. Anyways, there are some pretty big hitters from the Eastern churches under uh, a jurisdiction of the Pope. So they're still, you know, communion with Rome versus the Orthodox Church. But they had these guys come in, and then they had Father Becker there, and he was just throwing curveballs and like, well, you know, technically we were still celibate, but. Uh, you know, you have to refrain from sex every once in a while, right? And they're like, yeah, uh, yep. <laughs> what? Oh my. He, he's like, this is kind of awkward and tense, but you guys love it. And all what? the students are just cracking up. What? <laughs> Father Becker's is the, man. the best. Yeah. Seriously. There are a few stories I don't think should make the air right now because we might have him on, but he's such a clown. I, I he think is. He Shout works out really to well. Father Becker for having arguably the best seminary in United oh, States. not arguably. It is it, it is, is the best minor seminary. Oh yeah. I was trying to earth. be PC there, I guess. Thank you for calling me out on that. No? Yeah. The hey, best. Make a decision. Best. Seminary. Make a decision. That should lead us into our topic. Boom. Boop. So yeah, today we're gonna talk about making Ooh. a decision and we're gonna focus on the before, the during, and the after, because a decision mm-hmm. isn't just one second, isn't just one moment. There's usually yes. a lot that goes into it. Um, so yeah, what do you guys have to say? Uh, let's focus right now on just like the before of making a decision, which could be called deliberation. You yes. know, you're weighing things in your mind. Um, you know, pros and cons. You're trying to see yep. potential outcomes. But why did we choose this again? I, I want to get more clarity on you know yeah. 
you know, decision. Jacob, you brought this Come to the on, table. Yeah. What's I going on? I threw this on the table. All right. Well, I think it would be a good topic to talk about because um, you make decisions every day. Yeah. Right. Um, on a small scale, it's am I going to hit snooze or not? On a large scale, it's am I going to stay with my wife or not? Right. Mm-hmm. And um, it's important to keep God in mind as you make your decision, right? Peter was leaving Rome, and then God, he had a vision of God, of Jesus walking back into Rome. And he had right then and there the decision to either go back into Rome or to walk freely away. And he mm-hmm. chose the harder decision, but the better decision that was to go back in Rome. And uh, most of us know the story. He ended up getting crucified upside yeah. down and now is um, one of the greatest saints in the history of our church. What's the term for that again? He, he says um, two words in Latin and then domine. Where are you going, Lord? What yeah, are, I'm going back to, to be crucified again because right. you aren't. Yeah. I don't know what that is in Latin. And then the, <laughs> wow. the last... Yeah, oh, it's blanket. Because it's, Jesus appears to Peter carrying a cross right. again, and he's yeah. going back into Rome. And this is more of a, an apocryphal... You know, this isn't necessarily gospel truth, but they say this is what happened because we don't know exactly but, how. He... But they did. They had the footsteps of Jesus, and I saw those footsteps. Really? Outside of Rome. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. I saw it's like Bigfoot. I'm yeah. Off. No, there's literally there's literally footsteps. I don't think I don't know if it's that time, but there is a time when Jesus appeared to someone on the road. Um, out, out of Rome. So I would mm. think that it would be that circumstance. Yeah. But there's literally a, a plate, no, a stone in this church. I think it's the, the catacombs of St. Sebastian where there's literally two footprints. And they say that it's Jesus's footprints. Oh, yeah. Quo vadis. That's what it is. Vadis. Where are you going? No, I, I don't know. There were just so many things to see. There were so many yeah. things to see. And it's all on capital T, t- tradition. Uh, yeah. You know, like that yeah. one. Santa Croce in Jerusalem, which is the church that supposedly had, and this is what I did get to witness, two thorns that were in Christ's crown. Hmm. These things are like six inches long. Like they're big thorns. Yeah. Yeah. A few slivers of the cross. And actually the plate thing that says, you know, the I-N-R-I, Inri. No way. Yeah. I mean, this wow. is supposedly what it is. And, you know, Jesus, Nazarene, Rex, Uden. Jesus Christ, you know, Jesus of Nazareth, King of the Jews. And then under that, they had it in, because uh, that was Latin, and they had it in either Greek and Aramaic. They had three languages. Hmm. So it, it, wow. it was not exactly how it's always pictured as just four letters. It was like four letters and then a different script and then a different script. Wow. And then they had a nail, I think. It was just an incredible room of relics. Hmm. Wow, that's really cool. Tangent, tangent, okay. Decision making. Decision making. So yeah, yeah so does that clear up a little bit? Yeah, no, 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 I love okay. that. I, I think that's really important just because we do make decisions every single day. And I think it's way harder to make those bigger ones, those bigger decisions. And I was faced with a huge decision in January um, to, yeah, to, to marry Delexi. Um, but I would say before that, it it really sucked because it, I, w- I felt lost. Mm. And I would say that in deliberation, you have, to, um, you have to find ground somewhere. You have to find something sturdy to lean on. Mm-hmm. You have to kind of find a, a compass to, to help direct you. Mm. Because uh, before 
I asked Alexi to marry me, I, I was lost in the relationship. And the relationship got to a point where I was going to either break up with Alexi or marry her. Mm-hmm. You know, it, we just got to that point. So it was the decision had to be made, you know, it, and it was so necessary to be made. So I would just say before the decision, before you make a decision, um, you need to find grounding. And um, and I know this is kind of just a, a buzzword, but you have to be in consolation. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to find consolation because like just the rule of thumb is to don't make any big life decisions if, if you're in um, right. um, de- desolation. desolation. That yeah, was one of the Ignatian rules. Yeah, that's the Ignatian rule. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, that's, I love that, Sean. Uh, just a few things popping off my mind when you're speaking is, oh, man, pass, pass, Jake. It's blanking. That's okay. Um, I think, <laughs> oh, dang it. kind of sticking with deliberation, um, uh, another buzzword is vulnerability. Yes, and I love that. You definitely have to be vulnerable when um, deciding what you are to do. Uh, if you just you know keep things to yourself and don't open up to others or to the Lord, um, you're gonna be self-reliant and then you're gonna make a mistake because you're human. And it's just so important to focus on that part of making a decision, um, just so that it's you know. And you also don't wanna you don't wanna rush a decision, but at the same time you don't wanna wait forever. Um, so I would say deliberate smart, you know. Yeah, Very that's true. that's one of the pitfalls of deliberation is always, you know, you get into this mode of navel gazing where you're never sure how one action is going to play out and you let fear paralyze you to the point where you say, oh, I'm afraid to actually commit. Yeah. yeah. And you will never have in this life absolute certainty of an event. Like, I'm sure you didn't have no, 100% didn't. like, this is what I should do. Not at all. Yeah. No. It was never, it was never really given to me but I think the the main thing that you have to remember is that it's your choice Mm. free will baby yeah and because God it gave us free will you know I I love that okay I remembered my thoughts now I had to write them down but (laughs) that's something coming up over and over again now is crisis which is that moment it's where whether or not you've deliberated time and circumstance have placed you at this pinnacle of going left or right you know good or bad whatever it it is for your situation and you know Mm -hmm. do do we continue further in a relationship or do we just completely stop? And that is where the decision, you know, as the rock would say, your back's against the wall. What do I do? I just got my hands. But I was listening to this book on audio, audible. Yeah. Audio tape called, uh, the undoing project It's about these two Israeli psychologists who basically discovered data analysis or what they, they they're behavioral economists. And this was in the 1970s, so it was all cutting-edge, state-of-the-art. And it's really cool. They studied not so much, um, you know, artificial intelligence, but this one guy, Amos Tversky, said, I don't study artificial intelligence. I study natural stupidity. So they were looking at the little quirks of the mind in decision-making and judgment, and they have these things called heuristics, which are basically like rules of thumb of what you do typically. And they were really arguing like humans are not that rational. You know, we have a lot of our emotion and history and past play a huge role in our decision-making and that all these things, you know, we're not just straight automaton robots, you know? And so 
if you live a life of just straight nature, that's where we can get the Chesterton quote of, if you live the natural without the supernatural, it's the unnatural. Hmm. And so that's how you get a bunch hmm. of evil acts and devious and divisive situations, which going back to St. Peter, you know, in the Gospel of John, Jesus says, like, do you love me? Do you love me? He asks him three times, and every time he's like, all right, bro, I love you. You yeah, know yeah, me. Yeah. Jesus, like, Lord, you know me. You know that I love you. But then he goes on to say, he, he, Jesus goes on to pros- prophesy, you know, like, you grew up and you didn't have anyone to help you, but you will die and someone will be assisting you, uh, alluding to his death on the cross upside down. Wow. Mm-hmm. So that's why I think um, in these moments of deliberation, prayer is incredibly helpful just because, you know, you want to have the best and most free choice. Yes. But often God's hand needs to be guiding that. Mm-hmm. But I think one thing that is... Not to, not to rebut you what you said, but I think one thing that is really amazing that we, um, that we have on our side is that God's, God's plan is proved through existence. Yeah. I, st- I still live this every day because Eric said this in one of the last podcasts. But um, yeah, God's plan is proved through existence and I've been given free will and I, I have not been given a spirit of fear but I've like just been given Jesus and Jesus has shown me how to live my life and I shouldn't be um, paralyzed yeah. from a decision um, yeah. and a fear. So I totally agree with you. And I think I'm having a little trouble lately reconciling stuff like predetermined vocations with what you're talking about and how we as co-creators with God bring about the kingdom. You know, he tasks us with such a huge thing and it's mm-hmm. like, well, if I don't follow God's law, then I'm basically erring, like I'm sinning. And that's nominalism at its core. It's that mm. your will and God's have to conflict. And I, yeah, I don't know. That's something to really think about because who knows? Maybe, Sean, you were supposed to be just like your uncle, like a bishop or yeah. something. Like, you're, you know, some people could say, oh, your call or mm-hmm. God's will for you was yeah. not to. Who, that doesn't make sense. That doesn't make sense. But I, I think that God. God knows what happens because you, I see in my life where I've fallen and where, um, I've erred and where I haven't followed God's plan. Um, but I don't even think it is God's plan, you know, but let's say I, I choose to steal or something. I sin like Augustine, like Augustine, you know, and, and Jesus and God used Augustine's story Mm. to make him such an influential person because he's relatable. Because it, you're able to read Augustine and he can tell you all of the sins, all of the things that he struggles with. Mm-hmm. And he's made it just such a flower with such a pile of poop, oh, you yeah. know? <laughs> and that's just amazing. And, and it, it's never too late. Mm-hmm. It's never too late. Yeah. God uses your faults to bring about his plan. Yeah. You know, think of it like Saul, Saul to Paul. Oh my gosh, know? yeah. Paul was just born a Christian. Yeah. Granted, I don't think he could have been age-wise. But, no, maybe not. But still, like, that whole conversion, you know, happened according to God's plan. But mm-hmm. Saul still had free will. He did. Choose God. Yeah. And, like, I just feel like for so many people, you talk to them and hear their testimonies. 
it wasn't when they were on top of the world. It was when they hit rock bottom that they came to Jesus. Dude. Mm-hmm. Right? Yes. I think, yeah, that is Augustine's story is that everything else on earth, all his desires led to uh, not full satisfaction and not fulfillment until you reach the point of emptiness, which our teacher, our past teacher, Father Murray, I said Murphy last time, I think, Father Paul Murray in Rome, he wrote this uh, set of poetry, and this one line always stuck out to me. It's like, holy crap. <laughs> he said, you will always be lonely unless you take the cup of loneliness and drink deep to the dregs. And so basically, like, wow, self-acceptance. <laughs> yeah. You need, like, you need to accept it to the point of saying, okay, without God, um, this is hell. Yeah. This is yeah. absolute hell. Hmm. And I I don't know how that plays back into how we got on this tangent, but yeah, or I think it ties in with making decisions. It definitely sure. does, yeah. Because we we kind of talked in the self doubt, which mm-hmm. is another key element of decision yeah. making, right? And that's more focused on the post mm-hmm. um, decision. Yeah. Is uh, even if you prayed about it, you got vulnerable and talked to others about it, and felt like you dotted the i's, crossed the t's. That clarity is never going to be there. No, and. And yeah, and you're, and also the devil is going to use that uh, against you. He's going to attack you with doubt. And what if, what if this, what if that's mm-hmm. human nature? It is, yeah. Um, but like, if we can think about just like how God, even if we erred, right? Um, God will use that anyways for his plan. Totally. I think that, that is one of the most pivotal points for young men is the what if it's, it's this crisis of fear and Without conviction, without having, you know, this might be censored coming up, but someone always would say to me, like, you have a pair of balls, look down and use them for once. And the devil always, he loves to castrate men, whether it's through pornography or fear or Mm -hmm. lack of identity. And, you know, as children of God, what does that entail? It entails that we're not perfect and that we're, you're not allowed to make mistakes, but making mistakes is important for growth. And as sons of God, you know, we're, I'm not advocating sin, but it's to say you're not going to be perfect at this point in time, even though we're called to perfection in the Father. It's through that gradual relationship of patience and finding in our poverties that we need more and more of him. Yeah. Because even Augustine, when he was writing the Confessions, he's been a bishop for years, two, three years. He's been a priest for, he's been a Christian for at least eight years. Mm-hmm. And he's still saying, like, I deal with this currently. I'm mm-hmm. not perfect. And I think that's really what sanctity is. It's, yeah, Father, not Father. <laughs> Dr. Boyle said this to me once. He said, this is the, the holy life. This is sanctity. It's not, you know, it's just a straight line. It's always turning back, turning back, and turning mm-hmm. back. Yeah. Amen. Amen. That's beautiful. Yeah. And I think another thing to, to remember is just because you prayed about it, just because you got vulnerable, does not mean you necessarily made the best decision, right? And we talked about that. We talked about living with that and dealing with it. But, um, you know, you're human. Turn to Jesus. Turn back to him. You'll be okay. He's mm-hmm. going to use wherever you're at. And it's never too late to turn back to him. No, it's never too late. Never too late. Mehr Mensch sein, I think, is German for be more human. Father John Nepple once, he said, this is my advice for you, be more human. Just 
live a human existence because it's it is a crutch of the Catholic community to over spiritualize things. It's a mm-hmm. crutch to always be living in that. What if what if this isn't God's will? And then you always yeah. hear people condition things by saying God willing. You know, oh, I'd love to do this, God willing. Oh, this is kind of a Joel voice. Oh, I'd love, I'd love that, God willing. <laughs> Shout out Joel again. We got to get that Joel podcast. Yeah, we'll get it up. We'll get it. Joel Downs we'll is a cool up. guy. You guys will come to know him well. But I love that. I love that. You're, yeah, keep expanding on that. Yeah, it's just like I think for myself, a few years ago when I was living into the coming into my being of more. John than I used to be, you know, which is much more human, much less participation with God. If I could tell myself any advice, it'd be um, go play ball, you know, just actually go and live the life that brings passion for you, but it's for others. Yeah. I, I totally agree. Kind of blanking that. right now. I think that God gives you to your desires for a reason. He gives you, um, He makes you special, you know, you're unique. So to think that you have to do something that that everyone else has done, like go to college or something like that, you you know, it's God had, doesn't make you to be normal, mm-hmm. and He doesn't want to you to be normal. And I think that you you need to make decisions that um, that you really um, stand by and to not worry about what other people think about your choices. I think that is such a crutch of our society is Mm -hmm. that we're constantly, we're living our lives through social media. And so if you were to, I don't know, paint your hair orange or something, you would just get condemned and you, I mean, like you just get wrecked. And I feel like the more that we, I don't live on social media, the less I care about what other people think of me. Oh my gosh. It's just amazing. Yeah. And I can do things that I love, like even this podcast, you know, Mm. like three years ago, I would have been like, no, I'm not going to talk about my faith. Yeah. I'm not going to do that. But this is, this is my desire is to talk and to share Mm -hmm. and to be vulnerable and to, to share more about who I am. Yeah. Instead of like, just play basketball and talk about, like LeBron or mm-hmm. what, whatever is happening in sports and stuff yeah. like that. I think um, doing this podcast, it was a huge decision for me. Well, look at the apostles and the yeah. decisions they made. Yeah. Right. They dropped everything. Totally spirit driven. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Oh, Everyone totally. else would have been like, who are you? You're nuts. Uh-huh. And Imagine then, doing that today. Imagine if Christ came back, you know, like, yeah. And re um, presents that exact same scenario. Yeah. John, you've got one semester left of college. I want you to follow me. Like, <laughs> where, where are we going? <laughs> but I, yeah, I think, yeah, just the, the decisions are very difficult and that sometimes there isn't a right answer. Mm-hmm. There isn't, Good point. Uh, it's not written on the wall, mm-hmm. you know? And I think when you're living, when you're in God's will and when you're, you're trying to, make decisions that are based off of God's will, you can't make a bad decision and you can't go anywhere bad. Like you can't, you can't because you have, you have God there to, and Christ there to, to pick you up. Hmm. Augustine, again, quote, love and do what you will, because ultimately God metaphysically cannot make a double negative. God is love. You know, yeah. he can't do anything besides love. And sometimes love is harsh, mm-hmm. but I want to do 
a tactile example of what you were saying, Sean. To get back to decision-making, two things you need are conviction and character. Mm. Conviction is the ability to really stand up straight with your shoulders back and make a decision. But secondly, you need to have a, a sound character. And that requires you to not really care what people think. Mm-hmm. My good friend, Thomas, he actually, if you guys would pray for him, he like fractured his shoulder in a hockey game. This guy came up and oh. just, you know, almost jabs him. Yeah. But um, <laughs> he said to me once, you know, John, once you get to the point of not caring what other people think, you're free. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, man, you're right. And then Joel added on to that and said, yeah, when you stop people pleasing, you actually look out for their good. And this this example this week I'm out you know I'm always asking these guys in the gym how they're doing so like if you ever want to talk about things I'm always here for you mm-hmm. and apparently I'm getting a bad rap with him as like a more emotional and sentimental guy and this kind of sensitive dude and I first was kind of taken aback like screw you guys you know yeah, yeah. I'm not going to help you again but that's not what we're called to in the gospel and really have you seen and it comes back to this most amazing scene in uh, Goodwill Hunting, mm-hmm. you know, where they're sitting on the side. Yeah, and this is when Matt Damon's character Will insults uh, Robin Williams's, and he's like, "You know what? I don't care. You're just a kid. You don't know what suffering is. You don't know what real love is. You don't know what real life is. So go ahead, do your smart Harvard thing. Like, you don't really know. Mm-hmm. And that's really what I came to with these guys, and it was." I actually don't care what you think. Mm. And this natural version of John would have continued to shut off any communication, stop being vulnerable, stop asking them what their lives are going through. But with super nature, with grace, we have to continue on that line. I need to continue to give them a Christian response and keep turning my back towards them or Mm -hmm. my front, you know. Mm. Yeah, I think it's good to distinguish between, like, not caring for the sake of the gospel and just, like, not caring. Um, yeah. And that, that's what we're talking about, just to clarify. Like, mm-hmm. if I think what I'm doing is, like, God's will or, you know, something that's too should be done, mm-hmm. then who cares if people call you out for yeah. it? You know, if you're going around egging houses, then yeah. maybe you should listen. But, oh, sh- yes. yeah. but so often the decisions you're making, that's just got to be you. You can't let others influence that decision. Because mm-hmm. like we talked about, it's good, it might be radical, but if it's what God's calling you to do, it's going to give you more joy. It is. Totally. There's audience of one. There's only one person you need to impress, and it's Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And if we're living for others, he'll always come up short, and your eyes are theirs. And this is something I need to live by daily, you know? Yeah. Because I'm walking on campus, oh, how do I look? How's my posture? Let me put this thing in front. Posture little uh sound guard but it comes back to those two things really you know if you have a strong identity which is rooted in your relationship first and then you have your identity then your mission is easy Mm -hmm. you know no i love it well we hope uh you guys learned a little bit about decision making um Mm -hmm. it's it's a hard thing dude it is very hard it's hard to there's no equation uncomfortability no there's no equation but i think if you guys have any questions or if you guys want us to touch on anything we're not that smart so i don't know if you (laughs) you could probably find more in a book Mm -hmm. but if you guys 
like make sure to comment go to soundcloud and comment on this podcast for sure twitter we, facebook twitter facebook they made it through this. the banter which if you yeah. are still listening we applaud you and you thank are you. Yeah. yeah you made it to 44 minutes so wow. good for you guys wow you know god will continually break down our pride and hubris and a lot of times when you're in a broken state that's when he works best mm-hmm. and that's when your decisions really they're not really decisions because nothing else compares you know, to whom else shall we go yeah um and that was especially true for me this summer so the decisions that i've the choices i've been presented with really weren't decisions because the way things play out it always comes back to relation mm-hmm. with myself with god and then with others and yeah, if you're living out of that sort of being, which is the kingdom we're called to, your decisions will come easier and easier gradually, and perhaps they're with more gravity. Like, okay, this is how I'm going to live my life. Like, I will end up committing myself to one person or yeah. this uh, diaconate or priestly life, you know? Mm-hmm. But it's, it's for faithful and small things, even through the storm, <clears throat> then you're living in a good decision. Bam. Amen. Beautiful. Well, signing off here. Oh, no, no. We got to give shout outs, dude. I forgot oh, this okay. earlier. I want to. Time for shout outs. I want to give a shout out to the Goodwin family. Yes. We, about a year ago, Sean and I were up in their amazing house playing Playmobil and drinking some wine. Yeah. And like, I feel like Danny was kind of resentful. We uh-huh. just took his toys, but. Yeah. Oh, the Goodwins are so fun. I got dinner with Derek Vetch and Will Goodwin. Or is it Billy? I don't know. I'm kidding. <laughs> they were my roommates last year. And Will's amazing. His sister, Annie and Teresa, sisters, they're just great people. Oh, and yeah. I know, I think Mrs. Goodwin still listens. So shout out to the doctors up in yeah. Deerwood. The Those, big doctors. They're, they're such a great family. Yeah, such a great family. Any shout outs for you? Shout, shout out to my lady, Delexi. Yeah, she got to give her it. a shout out. I was like, where am I? <laughs> I'm going to give... My first shout out to my nephew Jack and my niece yes. Grace. Mm. They are probably not listening to this nor capable yet of truly understanding anything we're talking about. <laughs> but you guys are such joys in my life. Um, it's so fun to just watch your childlike joy. Yeah, man. But when do you do you realize that they could be listening to this in twenty years? That'd be nuts. Isn't that oh, crazy? Because this no. is never like we put this online. Yeah. So this is never leaving. Mm-hmm. Unless unless all censorship electricity. Takes yeah. Unless there's like on. a surge. But actually, I want to give a shout out to um, Spanton, Alex mm. Spanton. Nice. He just got engaged. No. What? what? Yeah. Who, Wait, who I don't know if dating? I should say that, but <laughs> we can always. Alex Spanton got engaged. <laughs> Holy too. cow! Yeah, Kelsey. Good. And she's girlfriend. also down in Arizona. Yeah, she's uh, another. <laughs> Yeah. Yes. So let's go. <laughs> yeah. He, he messaged, he, I, I called him Tuesday and he was like, dude, if I get the ring, I'm going to propose. I was just like, what? And so, um, he, then I called him again and he was with, with Kelsey and it was like right before he was going to propose. And so I was like, uh, I, it was just me talking cause he couldn't say anything. And I was just like, okay, man, good luck. Go do this. You know? And he was like, okay, yeah, I'll make sure I do that. You know, to not <laughs> yeah. make it. I will do like whatever it. you say, mother. <laughs> That's but, so awesome. Yeah. It, so good for him. I'm mm. so excited for him. All comes back to relationship and you got someone to do the thing for, whether it's Jack, your good friend, Alex or Alexi, mm-hmm. who cares? 
Yeah. The decision comes. Because you have these amazing people to fall back on, mm. you know? Mm-hmm. Mm. I mean, I could, I, I could be a, such a big fool. And Take hopefully Delexi wouldn't hate me <laughs> that much. But, <laughs> yeah. but that's the goal, you know? For sure. That's, yeah. So. Wow. I want to go make some decisions. Let's do it. <laughs> okay. This is Sean signing off. This is Jacob. And John. Thanks for staying with us. Thunder, feel the thunder, lightning and the thunder, thunder.